Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. A marquee matchup of AFC West rivals didn't disappoint. Just how far can this Cowboys team go? And are the New York Giants the worst team in the NFC East? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. At some point, we may have to call them the Cardiac Chiefs because with just over 30 seconds left, Patrick Mahomes, you guessed it, he did it again to Travis Kelsey, his third touchdown of the evening, the hat trick to propel the Chiefs over the L.A. Chargers, 30-27. to The Chiefs go to 8-2 and and look like they may just be the best team in football. Chris Clark from Locked on Chiefs, whose heart rate may or may not have come down after the end of that game. And Chris, I'm I'm going to give you the floor on this one. Make the case the Chiefs are the best team in football. I think they are the best team in football. I think that it's, you watch them play against a Chargers team that has it in form every single time that they play. Uh, it's always going to be a scrap when those two get, those two teams go at it. And yes, they lost to Buffalo a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't think that they had found their offensive rhythm yet. I think that if you start looking at what they're able to do now, I think that they have. And I think that they're starting to get other people involved. You were missing McCole Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster in this game, and you still throw for over 300 yards. You run the ball for over 100 yards. You get more balanced on offense when you do those types of things. And, yes, they were playing against a bad, bad rushing defense, but if you're going to get chunk plays like they were in the running game tonight, you need to run the ball more, and I think that they're going to continue to do that. Uh, to me, I think that you start looking at the weapons that they have, and, honestly, it comes down to a couple of different throws for me. But the throw down the field to Jody Fortson, that was about a 30-yard pass where Mahomes put it on the money. If he sticks those throws on a regular basis and starts making those throws and trying those throws, this league is in trouble because he hasn't been throwing to people that are guarded that closely. He has been throwing to people that are usually wide open because of scheme. If he is going to start making those throws, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And we know he's capable of making those throws. He can make Mm -hmm. throws that very few other quarterbacks can make, but he's just not had to do it over the course of his career. As you mentioned, Terry Kill gets pretty open. Travis Kelsey on the game-winning touchdown. He's open against one of the best defensive players in the league, and so that helps a lot. If you're Mahomes, 20 for 34, 329, three touchdowns, a 120.8 passer rating, he has a chance to run away with the MVP Right now, Chris, if he is not the MVP, I don't know who is. Why isn't he the MVP? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm doing this to you, but it just it seems like this was the kind of game where everyone just goes, "Okay, the Chiefs are the favorites. Mahomes is the MVP, and the rest of the league has got to figure this out." You said 20 for 34, right? So that's what uh, 10 yards per attempt, 15 yards per completion. Yeah, I mean, that's al- yeah, almost almost 10 yards per attempt. Yeah, that's pretty legit. So uh, I don't know what you would say if he's not the MVP right now. I think he should be running away with it. He is, uh, at least from what I believe he is right now, he's leading the league in passing yards. He's still leading the league in touchdown passes. Um, Obviously, that doesn't necessarily make you an MVP, but I think it makes a pretty strong case. Uh, But look at what Travis Kelsey is doing as well. And I'm not saying he should be an MVP, but he is having quite the season himself. He's got multiple games with three touchdowns or more. Uh, and this game, he actually 
went over 100 yards and surpassed Rob Gronkowski for the most 100 yards receiving games in a career mm. uh, at tight end. So there you go. Add that, and then you start looking at, like I said, the other weapons. And and if if Mahomes can get these other guys going, it's just going to showcase what he's able to do even more. I mean, Justin Watson was in Tampa Bay for four years and really didn't do anything. And look at what he's doing in Kansas City. He's running wide open and making big plays for him. Is it every week? No, but it's enough to get them to continue to win. You mentioned the running game, 27 carries, a buck 63. That's six yards per carry. Now the Chargers. It's been a bad run defense all year, really, <laughs> yep. really in the entire Brandon Staley era. But if they're going to do this against other teams, then it, it sort of just feels like good night. Even if you're going for 120 yards, I mean, even if you take off yeah. 40 yards and you're and you're running for four to five yards a carry, uh, and you run the ball 20 times a game, I don't think you're. I don't think there's going to be defenses that are going to be able to stop Kansas City because eventually they're going to have to start bringing the safety down, and that's going to open up things more for Kansas City down the field. And when Juju comes back, which maybe it's not this week, maybe it's against the the Bengals in two weeks. We'll see. I don't know. He it didn't seem like he cleared concussion protocol at all, so there's big questions there. Uh, but he was really starting to move the chains for Kansas City, and he was having a Travis Kelsey-esque type season, meaning he was finding zones where he could get open. He was moving to where his quarterback was trying to run and, and get and giving the quarterback a chance to give him the ball. So a uh, huge offensive piece that they didn't have tonight could be coming back very soon. Stay up to date all year on the Kansas City Chiefs by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Chiefs podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, is this Cowboys team making a deep playoff run? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. There are a few lines that jump out on Monday night, starting with the point spread. Bet Online has the Arizona Cardinals as home dogs to the San Francisco 49ers by eight points. This game, of course, in Mexico City, so home versus road, not really a thing. Also, 49ers defense can shut down the Cardinals offense that may or may not have Kyler Murray under center. If not, we're talking about uh, some uninspiring backup options for them. Bet Online has the Cardinals team total at 17. Ooh, Colt McCoy, tough look. And Bet Online has Christian McCaffrey's rushing total over at 64 and a half. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. In a defensive struggle, it's usually just one break that can win a game for that team. That break came with mere seconds remaining in regulation for the New England Patriots as they pulled out an important win over the New York Jets thanks to a rare type, a thrilling type of touchdown. A star is born on the New England Patriots punt return team. Rookie cornerback Marcus Jones takes it 84 yards to the house and the New England Patriots collect a 10-3 victory over the New York Jets in Week 11 at Gillette Stadium. Pats move to 6-4 on the season and remain in playoff contention. And it was a wild one in New England. It was an interesting one in New England. The New England Patriots and the New York Jets locked in a 3-3 tie right up until the final two minutes of regulation. But Marcus Jones getting the punt return and taking it to the house for the Patriots secures the victory. Otherwise, New England struggled offensively. Matt Jones completing 23 of 27 passes, 246 yards, 
No interceptions, no touchdowns. Kicker Nick Folk connected on a 24-yard field goal for the game's first points, but then he missed two from inside the 50. Yeah, it was that kind of game in Foxborough on Sunday, folks. The Cincinnati Bengals exercised some demons from week one and defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers at a Chrysler Stadium. The Cincinnati Bengals get a win in the division they badly needed as they ride a dominant second half to victory in Pittsburgh. I'm Jake Lisko from the Locked On Bengals podcast and Joe Burrow, despite his two interceptions on the day, one of which was a tip pass and the other was a freak and fluky play from TJ Watt, picking it off as he was falling down to the line of scrimmage. He was excellent in this game. Four touchdowns, three of those to Samaj Piran, who also had a career day, especially as a receiving back. And that's important with Joe Mixon leaving the game with a head injury. Samaj Piran might experience some additional playing time in the near future. But Joe Burrow without Jamar Chase was excellent, finding T. Higgins for a monster game, spreading the ball around to his running backs, to Trenton Irwin up off the practice squad, who also had a nice game. And credit the defense in the second half after a rocky first half. A lot of that to do with the starting field position for the Steelers being very positive. In the second half, the Bengals defense until absolute garbage time of the game was decided was lights out. Philadelphia Eagles coach Nick Sirianni was emotional about a win over the Indianapolis Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium, but it wasn't emotions directed at the play in which Jalen Hurts scored a touchdown late to go ahead and win. I, I, you know, I'm emotional because I, I love Frank Wright. I, I really do, and he's a, he's one of the best football coaches I've ever been around. So, yeah, uh, yeah I was hoping that, that him and I would be able to coach against each other uh, in this game. But he he is one he he's my one of my biggest mentors. I got my dad, I got Larry Karras, and and I got Frank Reich. And Frank's such a good football coach. And uh, yeah, you don't want to know what I think uh, of if he should be here or not, but. Uh, because you guys can probably imagine what I really think. Um, Coaches are people too, and Sirianni came from the Colts. Kyrie Irving returned to the floor for the Brooklyn Nets, but he was not the star in a win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Doug Norrie locked on Nets coming at you following a 127-115 win by the Nets over the Memphis Grizzlies. Kyrie Irving is back for Brooklyn after an eight-game suspension. Didn't really need him. That's because Ben Simmons looking ever more confident in the Brooklyn uniform. 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists, 11 for 13 from the field. Nets get eight, seven guys into double digits with scoring a full team effort. We are going to be breaking down Kyrie's return, what Simmons looked like, Kevin Durant just doing Kevin Durant things all over there on Brooklyn uh, Locked On Nets. Kyrie, after the game, also insisted that he wished he had a platform where he could speak his feelings without being criticized, which is silly because that's not a thing. If you say something silly or stupid or hateful, you're going to get called out for it. And that is the right way to handle those things. Freedom of speech is not freedom from consequence or judgment when you have something wrong or hateful or offensive to say. And on the ice, the Florida Panthers look poised for an easy win over the Columbus Blue Jackets, but that is not what happened. Everything for the Florida Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets with their fair share of injuries said that the Florida Panthers should have come into Columbus and come out with a win, but exactly the opposite happened. 
What is up, guys? It's Armando Velez from the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And the Florida Panthers lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets by a final score of 5-3 to three at Nationwide Arena. And Matthew Kachuk, even though he gets the record of most points to start their career with the Panthers with 25 in 17 games, passing Pavel Bure and Aaron Ekblad getting his first goal since returning from injury his second of the season. Is another story you need to know. Aaron Rodgers had plenty of Cowboys fans worried, and after a loss at Lambeau Field, maybe a little more worried. Then the Dallas Cowboys go out and they beat down the Minnesota Vikings 40 to 3 in Minnesota. An absolutely dominating performance. Dak Prescott, a near perfect 22 of 25 for 276 and two scores. Also added some nice runs on the ground. Marcus Mosher from Locked On Cowboys joins me now. And, and Marcus, aside from what a difference a week makes, uh, what 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 difference did the week make? Oh, I think the Cowboys were just mad that they blew that game against Green Bay last week. They were up 14 points on the road against a team that's, sorry, Peter, not very good. Not and very they good. lost. And rather than letting that turn into two losses... Like McCarthy's teams, it, he they bounce back like they've have over the last couple of years, and they played their best and most complete football game of the year. Peter was so bad that CBS actually changed out of this game with <laughs> yep. eight minutes left to go in the third <laughs> quarter. They went to a different game. It's, it was wild. It, it is the kind of game that makes you go, okay, just just like Listerine last week against the Packers. It didn't happen. This is what you want to see from this team. And not that you have to just say, okay, they're not capable of having those kinds of performances. Clearly they are. We've seen them. Mm -hmm. But to, to what degree does this make you go, okay, this is the version of the Cowboys. Not that, they're, that you're going to show up every week and beat a team by 30 plus, but that is capable of hanging and not just hanging, but playing and beating anyone in the league. I think this is what's so maddening about the Cowboys. Like, we, you know the potential, right? Like, if they play an A-plus game, they can absolutely hang with anybody in the league. In fact, they can beat anybody in the league. Yeah. It's just how many of these games are you going to get the rest of the season? Are you going to have a letdown this week, you know, on Thanksgiving against the Giants? Who knows? Uh, I, Peter, to be honest, I don't think this changes the expectations at all for the Cowboys. I think this is still a... Really yeah. good team. I don't know if they're an elite team, but it's going to be a playoff team that should be a lot of fun to watch the rest of the year. Well, but but so how does the rest of the league, and we were talking about this before we came on, how does the fact that the rest of the league seems to be so matchup dependent, the same way the Cowboys are, every team seems to be so matchup dependent that you just go, okay, if not the Cowboys, then who? Like, if you're a Dallas, who are you looking around, both the NFC and the AFC going, we're scared of this team, especially when Green Bay, they're not going to make the playoffs. So like they, we get to just take them out of the equation if you're the Cowboys. It, it sounds weird because the Cowboys struggle so much against stopping the run. But there's two teams and two quarterbacks that should scare you. If it's Dallas, one, it's the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers and what he's done to them before. And two, it's, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady because they mm. literally have never beaten Tom Brady in the history of the NFL. The good quarterbacks that can change out of bad plays that aren't going to take dumb sacks aren't going to have, you know, stupid turnovers. Those are the quarterbacks that do tend to beat Dallas. But if they don't play either of those guys in the playoffs, who knows? I mean, neither of those teams might even make the playoffs given Which the way that wild. this is all shaping up. Like 
Tampa Bay far from a lock to be in, especially if they don't win the NFC South and they are not a lock to win the NFC South. So just specifically from a football standpoint, when you look at last week versus this week, Dallas could score in both cases, but defensively, what what was so different about the defense where you hold the Vikings to three, whereas 31 to Aaron Rodgers and company? Yeah, I mean, part of it is just playing on turf. This is a, a team that's meant to play indoors on fast track, right? They, they play a bunch of these smaller defensive ends, including Micah Parsons. So when they can get a lead and they can- Two get, sacks in this game. Yeah, when they can just pin their ears back and go, they're really hard to beat. They had seven sacks against Kirk Cousins, and it could have been way more if Kirk Cousins wasn't pulled in the fourth quarter at this point. <laughs> uh, that's going to be an issue for them going forward, right? If they have to go on the road to play Philadelphia or go play in Seattle and they have to play on slow turf or slow grass, I do think that could be a little bit of an Achilles heel for them. Stay up to date all year on the Dallas Cowboys by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Cowboys on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, was it just the New York Giants' time running out? Living on the edge finally caught up with the New York football Giants as the Detroit Lions, as unlikely as they were, upset the Giants in New Jersey 31-18. to Joining me now also... She was in New Jersey for the game. Patricia Trena from Locked on Giants. You were there to witness Jamal Williams dominating the, the New York Giants. And so I, I think for, for a lot of fans, Patricia, this is a situation where the Giants felt like a team that were they were living on borrowed time. Has, has that time finally caught up with the Giants or is this just a blip on the radar, do you think? No, I, I think it was just a matter of time, Peter. I mean, look, the Giants... Basically, all season long, their formula has been the run game. And eventually, you just knew that somebody was going to come up with a plan to take the run game out and say to Daniel Jones and the boys, okay, guys, beat us with the pass. And Daniel Jones, for what it's worth, he threw for 341 yards, his highest total of the season. Yeah. But the Giants don't exactly have world beaters at receiver. So when you don't have world beaters and you don't have a way to, you know, free up the run and you throw in turnovers and injuries on top of everything, you ain't going to be winning very many games. And that's unfortunately is what happened with the Giants. They had three turnovers. They also, uh, of which uh, Detroit converted on two of them. Uh, they had a bad punt that they got, which, you know, gave the Lions a short field and they were able to score on that. Just an overall sloppy, sloppy, mistake-filled game by the Giants. And, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley, I think, was held to his fifth lowest rushing total, 22 yards, averaged something like 1.5 yards per carry. Yep. Got to give credit to the Lions. They did a good job taking them out of, out of the game. But, you know, the Giants, until they boost up that pass passing offense, this is what, what they're going to be in for. If teams slow down Barkley or take them out of the game, good luck. A lot was made of the Minnesota Vikings being 8-2 and two with a negative point differential. They're minus two on the season. No, 37 of those points came in the game they just played. But still, 8-2 and two with a negative point differential is not great. It speaks to a team that is overachieving what it really is. But that is shadowing the fact that the Giants are 7-3, and three, so just one loss worse, and they are plus one. And they have not lost to the Cowboys by 30-plus yet. So, 
it's not like this Giants team is absolutely running over everyone in the NFC either. They are smoke and mirrors just like the Vikings, but in a year where there's no good teams. So who knows anything? And finally, they say it takes a village, but they're not usually talking about football teams getting to a game. That's exactly how it happened, though, for Bills head coach Sean McDermott. He said after the game that had to be moved to Detroit because five to six plus feet of snow hit the Buffalo area. McDermott said our plow guy couldn't make it. So our neighbor called in a front loader in order to take the snow out. And then our normal plow guy did come. It was pretty cool just talking about not sure what's going to happen. Not sure if we're going to be able to get out and to get five, six text messages to my wife and myself from neighbors and friends saying, hey, whatever you need will be there for you. That's pretty cool special. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on Monday's show, will the 49ers get a big division win or will the Cardinals bounce back? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.